Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. It is June 12th, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. The first watch of the week, which is our journey session, the discipleship for watchmen. And since the journey to Israel, we have launched into a series called The Spirit of Elijah and the Watchman Summons. Why are we doing that? Because we feel the call of the watchman has definitely increased. And what does that mean? So we're spending this next season exploring that and bringing forth good words and teaching from within the ranks of the watchmen. And tonight we have... Shirley Momberg is going to do part two of Elijah, his character, his, oh dear, you want to say it? <laughs> do you want to tell us, Shirley? Great, yes. Welcome, everybody. This is part two in a series on the spirit of Elijah, looking at the call, the cast, and the character. Elijah's challenge came during a period after successive kings did evil in the sight of the Lord. We'll go into the song in a minute. Just want to lay this foundation. And we read in 1 Kings 16.30 that Ahab, son of Omri, did even more evil than any of the kings before him. In these perilous times, the Lord God is calling forth, hear this now, he's calling forth his prophets, intercessors, and watchmen to rise up and embrace the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah is a prophetic anointing that signals a time of what? Of preparation, of restoration, and revival. But this sacred call comes with a price. The spirit of Elijah is a powerful force, and it often serves as an inspiration for other believers that are, as in you get those who are awake, and then you get those who are sleeping, to wake them up. The spirit of Elijah represents a call to purpose and a willingness to pay the cost for serving that purpose. The character of Elijah is marked by a willingness to stand alone, to speak truth, and to trust in God no matter the circumstances. And those of us who seek to embody the spirit of Elijah should be willing to follow their calling, pay the cost of that calling, and embody the character of that great prophet. Thanks, Sue. Amen. That is so well-spoken, articulated. Thank you, Shirley. Jenny Hager, are you there? I'd love, she's got the spirit of Elijah like nobody else I know. Would you like to open us up and prayer? How do we... As we listen to part two of this brilliant teaching, we pray, Father God, for the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Colossians 1.9, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Father, that's been our heart cry on all of these journey times that we've gathered together that Lord you are teaching us you are Rabboni the teacher and you are teaching us 
and you are giving us the spirit of understanding. So I pray now, Father, everyone on this call now receives an impartation of your Holy Spirit, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding. And for all those who will be watching the replay, Father, we pray the same on them. Without this Holy Spirit, we are not going to be able to have full revelation and understanding of what you are imparting to us now. We pray such a blessing on Shirley, Father, as she teaches us. This is the way, walking in it, you're saying, as she teaches us. We bless her today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to settle into this teaching with a song, A King of Kings and Lord of Lords with Karen Davis, beautiful, a wonderful Messianic Jew in whose she and David established the Kehilat Harkamel that is right on top of Mount Carmel, Elijah's old stomping grounds. So here we go. So right on over to you, Shirley. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sue. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Let me just go to the beginning of my presentation. And I will share it now. We are in a season when God is calling us into a new strength, into a time of endurance. And I can venture to guess that some of you are in spiritual trials right now. And the Lord wants to encourage you <laughs> that he's, he's bringing you through these things to strengthen you for the days ahead. And I heard an interesting comment and I hope I can relay it correctly, but injustice is actually God's mercy on you <laughs> because what he's trying to do is to strengthen you <laughs> and he's watching to see how you respond to it. <laughs> so I'm sure that there are all of you, all of us out there that have their stories of being misunderstood or reviled or criticized because of the things that you've said or done, welcome to the spirit of Elijah. <laughs> and he wants you to just be able to stand strong in the days ahead. So that would be my one comment is not to be discouraged. If you've heard from the Lord and you've stood for him, even though people have misunderstood you, God has stood with you. Amen. Now for part two in our, in our two-part series of the Spirit of Elijah. Let's have a quick recap of part one, where we looked at Gilead, Cherith, and Zarephath. Gilead is the starting point. We are in the Northern Kingdom and Ahab is on the throne. The country is about to fall into the grip of famine proclaimed by a prophet who is first mentioned in 1 Kings 17.1. Speaking to Ahab, Elijah says, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years except at my word. Cherith, the part that nobody sees. The Bible dictionary depicts Cherith as cutting, as piercing, as separation, as slaying when the lord told elijah to hide by the brook cherith elijah did as the lord told him 
I just want to mute somebody there. There we go. As the Lord told him. Right. This is courtesy of Mary Faust. Now, we, as you all know, we, there, were a, there was a team of us who went to Israel recently. And be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I've done this to two people in the last couple of years. Three, actually. My pastor, Joe, and her husband, Chris. I've asked them to speak into my life. I asked Susan Rao to speak into my life. And when Mary Faust and I were roommates, and I said to her, if you see anything on me or around me, please speak into my life because we've all got these scotomas, these blind spots. So if you see anything on me, will you please address it? And But please do it nicely. <laughs> Nobody wants to have somebody say, but, and we don't want any Elijah dramatic. I, I didn't want that. And lo and behold, it was a few days in now. I have not shared with anybody besides my husband. I don't know, 15 years. I have not roomed with anybody, anybody else. And when you're with somebody 24-7 and you're together for 14, 15 days, it, things do get a little bit prickly. And then she says to me, Shirley, do you remember? And I just thought, oh, here it comes. <laughs> And when she gave me this feedback, I was not happy. And it was just like, I felt very sorry for myself. And I went into a bit of a sulk. And the next morning, it's amazing because I just gave it to the Lord. And the next morning, I just thank you, Lord. And then I was able to laugh about it. But it's amazing that when that when you invite something and it comes, it's not always pleasant. We had two weeks of joy. We laughed so much that my stomach hurt. But here is, a, here is some pictures. Mary has she taught photography and she's also got an incredible eye and so I've just taken some of the pictures some of them are her some of them are Debbie's Deborah Boggs and then there's one other so she took a picture here of the brook Cherith and this is a picture that overlooks the brook this, we were actually here and this is brook Cherith modern day today this is how it looks now here is a picture of an ancient olive tree standing across from the brook. They said that this tree could be over 2,000 years old. I don't know about that, but it is ancient. Zarephath, <laughs> the season of refining. Zarephath means refinement. It means purifying. After the brook dried up, Elijah was sent to a widow in Zarephath. The flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord. Before we progress to part two, let us explore the concept of the call. Elijah's call from God is an example for us to follow. The call of the spirit of Elijah is a call to what? A call to courage, to conviction, to faithfulness. It is a call to boldness and faithfulness in following God. We are called to be bold and fearless in our pursuit of righteousness, speaking truth to power, and standing firm in our convictions, even in the face of opposition and persecution. God is looking for strong and resolute vessels who are willing to stand in the gap for his chosen people. He seeks those who cannot sit idly 
by as they watch wickedness spread across the land. Are you ready to accept the call and walk in the footsteps of Elijah? To proclaim God's word with fervor, lifting up prayers for the oppressed, advocating for truth, even in the face of adversity. In the third year in Zarephath, God commissions Elijah to confront the king face to face. And in the book of James, I think it is, it says three years and six months. Just thought that was quite interesting. Mount Carmel exposing the counterfeit. The cost is high, requiring us to be willing to sacrifice and suffer for the sake of righteousness. We must be willing to lay down our lives, our own comfort and our own desires in order to be true to the call of God. Embracing the spirit of Elijah is not without its challenges. Like Elijah, we must be prepared to face persecution and contend with darkness in high places. We may potentially endure isolation, among other things, even sacrifice earthly comforts. Our obedience may lead us into collaboration with unlikely allies or even contradict popular belief. The ravens were unclean and an abomination. And yet they were sent. God said, I'm sending you ravens. And the ravens brought bread and meat in the morning and in the evening. But know that this is a part of our divine commission to stand boldly for righteousness in a world that seeks pleasure over truth. So since Elijah had told Ahab there'd be no more rain, God now says to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab. In the meantime, King Ahab had been searching for Elijah Ahab went in one direction, Obadiah in the other. And he fell to the ground before Elijah, saying, is it really you? Elijah says, yes, go tell King Ahab that I am here. Obadiah was afraid. The king has been searching for you everywhere. And Elijah promised, as surely as the God I serve lives, I will present myself to Ahab today. Obadiah went to fetch Ahab, and the two returned to where Elijah was waiting. Is that you, Elijah, the troublemaker of Israel? Ahab asked. Elijah replies, It is you who has been causing trouble by worshipping the false god Baal. Now summon all the people of Israel. This is Elijah speaking to Ahab. Summon all the people of Israel to Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat with Queen Jezebel. So Ahab, he sent word throughout all of Israel for all the people to assemble on Mount Carmel. The king told the prophets of the false gods of Baal and Asherah to gather to join them. Everyone set off for Mount Carmel. Elijah addressed the large crowd that had gathered. How long will you waver between two opinions? Make up your minds. If the Lord 
is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Get two bulls, one for them and one for me. The God who answers with fire, he is God. The prophets of Baal and Asherah prepared the sacrifice and then started calling on their gods to set it on fire. They kept pleading and dancing around the altar from morning until noon, but there was no sign of fire. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he says. The crowds, the crowds watched on as Elijah mocked the false prophets. Maybe Baal is sleeping and must be, be woken up. The false prophets started shouting even louder and dancing more frantically to their gods, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. There was no fire. As they became more desperate, they slashed themselves with swords and spears, spears to try and please their gods. Biblical scholar Ian Blakelock captures the vividness of the scene. He says, picture it, the rabble of priests. Their monotonous chant, hypnotizing the devotees to the point where they slashed body and limb in wild passion. The shaggy prophets sitting near and mocking their vain supplications. Ahab's tent and rich entourage, the great curve of the watching, waiting host. And then the stab of fire and the burning sacrifice. I love that. They continued with their frantic shouting and dancing until it was evening. They were exhausted. Mount Carmel demonstrating the authentic. Elijah gathered the people together and repaired an altar to God that had been torn down. The altar was made up of 12 stones, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, Karen Davis, we listened to her song from Hehilat Ma'akamal. As you can see, there are large stones that were taken where they built Hehilat Hakamal. These stones, there are 12 stones that represent the 12 tribes. And there we have, this is courtesy of Jamie Fitt, these photos. And there we have it from the stage perspective. And this is where he invited those indigenous, those of the land to come forward and to release a sound. And then he got the rest of us to go behind them and to join and release a sound and pray for them. Here's just a snapshot of the outside of the building on the top of Mount Carmel. <laughs> so three times water was poured on the offering and on the wood. The water soaked the altar and filled the trench. At the time of evening sacrifice, Elijah stepped forward and prayed. He says, Lord God of Israel, let it be known today that you are God and that I am your servant. Answer me, Lord, so these people will know that you are God and are turning their hearts back to you again. Malachi 4, 5, and 6. And keep watch, the voice translation, he has to say, behold, the voice translation says, keep watch. I will send you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will turn 
the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Suddenly the fire of God fell and burnt up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and the water in the trench. The large crowd gasped in fear and amazement. Immediately they fell on their faces and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Elijah commanded them to seize the false prophets and take them down to the Kishon Valley where they were put to death. And a little snapshot from Israel, we were on top of Mount Carmel and this is the prayer team, just a picture. I'm sure you recognize some of the faces in there. <laughs> so let's look at the character. Elijah's character traits, such as his faithfulness and his boldness. And look at how these traits are essential for modern day believers. Three main qualities mark one's character as a prophet, as an intercessor or watchman, fueled by the spirit of Elijah. Intimacy with God. Humility and fearlessness. Intimacy with God requires worshiping, praying, fasting, and meditating on his word in order to effectively discern his voice. Humility positions one to remain teachable and enables God to continue refining our character as he molds us into an effective vessel for his purpose. Fearlessness emboldens one to proclaim God's message in the face of opposition. As a prophet intercessor watch, a watchman, I'm repeating some of the words, fueled by the spirit of Elijah, your character will be marked by the three main qualities. One, intimacy with God. The prophetic ministry begins with developing a deep relationship with God. This requires worshiping him regularly in spirit and in truth. Spending time in his presence through prayer, fasting, and meditating on his word. To effectively discern his voice above all others, above all the noise, intimacy with God is paramount. Number two, humility. You must set aside all pride and self-seeking. Acknowledging that the spirit of Elijah, anointing and authority are not your own, but were imparted to you by God. Humility positions you to remain teachable, enabling God to continue refining your character as he molds you into an effective vessel for his purposes. And number three, fearlessness. Proclaiming God's message in the face of opposition requires courage. The spirit of Elijah will embolden you with a holy fearlessness that unleashes the full power of God in your life. Be brave, unyielding in the truth, and unshaken by fear or adversity. So Elijah says to, Had, to Ahab, go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. What? There wasn't any rain. <laughs> but he says, go, eat and drink. There is the sound of heavy rain. Elijah and his servant climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. Elijah bent down to the ground with his face between his knees. 
and asked God to send rain. And then he told his servant to go and look towards the sea for any sign of rain clouds. And he went and searched the sky, but there were none. He returned to Elijah. The sky is clear. Elijah prayed again, then sent his servant to see if God had answered his prayer. Servant searched the skies above the sea, but returned to tell Elijah there was no sign of rain. Elijah prayed for a third time, then sent the servant off again. The servant climbed and looked out over the sea. He returned to say there was still no sign of rain. Seriously? <laughs> Elijah refused to give up. God had promised to send rain and God keeps his promises. He prayed for a fourth time. The servant was sent to look for any sign that God had answered Elijah's prayer. But he returned and he shook his head. Elijah responded. How would we respond? Elijah responded by praying to God for a fifth time. The servant went to look again, but the response was the same. No sign of rain. What? <laughs> Come on, God. <laughs> Elijah persisted and prayed a sixth time for God to send rain. The servant went to look over the sea from the top of the mountain. He could see for a very long way over the, over the horizon. The servant could only report that there was still no sign of rain. Elijah refused to give up and cried to the Lord a seventh time. The servant wearily went to look over the sea for the seventh time. He searched the sky and to his amazement, he saw a cloud the size of a man's fist rising from the sea. He rushed back to tell Elijah. Elijah said, go and tell Ahab to get his horses hitched up to his chariot and go to Mount Sinai before the rain stops him. <laughs> it was one little cloud in the sky. But he knew something was coming. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling. Ahab rode off towards Jezreel. The power of the Lord fell on Elijah and tucking in his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab. I love this. <laughs> Jezreel was as far away as the distance of a marathon. But Elijah ran the whole way ahead of Ahab's chariot. Those who feel called to embrace the spirit of Elijah must be prepared to pay the cost by surrendering themselves fully to God's will. Only then can they embody Elijah's character and fulfill their divine purpose in this prophetic season. The spirit of Elijah emphasizes the importance of prophetic voices in our lives. In particular, it focuses on the call, the cost, and the character necessary to truly embody the spirit of this great prophet. At its core, the spirit of Elijah is about speaking truth to power and standing up for what is right, no matter the personal consequences. It requires a deep commitment to righteousness and a willingness to sacrifice for the greater good. 
above all else. The spirit of Elijah requires a deep connection with God and a willingness to do his will, even in the face of opposition and persecution. Horeb, fear, fatigue, and a future. So Ahab tells Jezebel that God had answered Elijah's prayer and sent fire and rain. He also reported that the prophets of Baal had been executed. She was furious. She told the messenger to go and find Elijah and say, may the gods deal with me severely if by this time tomorrow I do not kill you like one of the prophets of Baal. The messenger, the messenger found Elijah and delivered Jezebel's threat. Instead of trusting God to protect him, Elijah became very frightened, fearing for his life. He found his servant and the two of them fled for their lives. Elijah ran away south, leaving the nation of Israel ruled by Ahab and Jezebel and traveled on through Judea. In Judea, Elijah and his servant still fled south to the town of Beersheba, where there was a well with water to drink. Elijah told his servant to stay at Beersheba, where he would be safe. But Elijah set out south into the hot, barren wilderness and traveled for a day. Elijah was still afraid, feeling very low and exhausted. When he came to a broom brush tree, he sat under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he complained. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down and fell asleep. How many times have we been in situations where we get to a point that we just want to give up? And I love what David says in the Psalms. He says, I lay down and I slept. And I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. Sometimes all we need is to go and rest, take a nap, go and sleep, have a deep sleep. As soon as he fell asleep, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and found some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. Now, there is an REM, rapid eye movement cycle of 90 minutes. So you, as you get into that sleep, through that process, when you come out of it, it's where you start stirring. And we awake, not fully awake, but how many of you know when you get into the depth of that sleep, we've got those different layers, and somebody wakes you up, or you get woken up by a dog barking or, or a hooter, somebody hooting outside or something like that. It is horrible. After eating, Elijah lay down under the broom brush tree and fell asleep again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him. Get up and eat, for the journey ahead is too much for you. Elijah obeyed and got up and ate and drank. <laughs> This is Deborah Box. Thank you for these photos. So we're in the wilderness, right? We are on the bus and we are, this is our Jordanian tour guide. He stops at a place, goes out and brings 
manner, <laughs> calling it manner, but brings this amazing bread. As you can see, it was huge pieces. And the one that on the left, that's already been torn. So we, oh, it smelled so good and tasted so good. Really yummy. <laughs> Strengthened by that food, Elijah traveled for 40 days and nights through the barren wilderness until he reached Mount Horeb. It is also known as Mount Sinai, the mountain where God had spoken to Moses and given the Ten Commandments. Elijah went into a cave and spent the night. God spoke to Elijah in the cave. What are you doing here, Elijah? Isn't God good? He knew that Elijah was running. He knew that Elijah was fearing for his life. Yet, he sent an angel to bring sustenance, to provide him with what he needed to get to the place that God knew he would be able to speak to him. Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your ways, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. God answered Elijah by saying, go out and stand on the mountain in my presence, for I'm going to pass by. Elijah went out of the cave and stood waiting for God to pass by. And suddenly a great and powerful wind tore through the mountain, shattering the rocks. But God was not in that powerful force. After the wind, there was a powerful earthquake and the whole mountain trembled and shook. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Then there was silence and a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. The gentle whispering voice asked, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah gave the same answer. And the Lord quietly replied, go back the way you came. Elijah was to anoint Hazael king over Aram and anoint Jehu king over Israel and also anoint Elisha to succeed you as prophet. God explained that Elijah was not the only one left who served God. There were 7,000 people in Israel who had not bowed to Baal. Encouraged by the gentle answer from God, Elijah set off on the return journey. If you feel called to embrace the spirit of Elijah as a prophet, intercessor, or watchman, be prepared to pay the cost by surrendering yourself fully to God's will. Only then can you embody Elijah's character and fulfill your divine purpose in this prophetic season. After hearing God speak to him on Mount Horeb, Elijah returned 
as God had told him to do. God had asked him to anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, as his successor and become a prophet of God. Elisha and his family lived in Abel, these words, Abel Meholah in the land of Israel, ruled by Ahab and Jezebel. It was Jezebel who had threatened to kill Elijah. Elisha was out in the fields belonging to his family where 12 oxen were being used to plow the land. Elisha was driving the 12th pair of oxen. Elijah went across the field to meet Elisha. Elijah went up to Elisha and threw his cloak around him. The cloak was a symbol of Elijah's calling to be a prophet of God. By putting the cloak around Elisha, he was showing that God had chosen Elisha to succeed him. Elijah then walked away. Elisha left his oxen and raced after Elijah. Let me kiss my parents goodbye. And then I will come with you. Elisha was prepared to give up his job, leave his family, to obey God and become a prophet. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha went back home. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to his family and friends to eat at his farewell meal. Now, it says Elisha was with the 12th set of oxen. There were 12 teams of oxen. He was on the 12th. And what the Lord highlighted to me is that Elisha had completed his assignment, the season, it was at the end. And when the Lord showed me this, he also said that some people, your assignment is coming to an end. There are certain things in your life that need to be closed, that you need to walk away from and step into the new. Take time and listen. What is God saying? What is the Lord showing you? Then after saying goodbye to his parents, Elisha set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. He would learn from Elijah how to love and serve God and one day take over from him. We can be assured that the reward for this sacrifice is great both in this life and in the life to come. The character of the spirit of Elijah is one of humility, obedience, and holiness. Elijah himself was a man of great faith and courage. But he was also a man who knew his own weakness and need for God. We too must seek after God with humility and obedience, surrendering ourselves to his will and his ways, and striving always to live a holy and blameless life before him. May we all, as followers of Christ, embody the spirit of Elijah in our lives, standing up for righteousness, justice, and truth wherever we go and living lives that are pleasing to God 
in every way. Number of years ago, a lot of people have been talking about, I want a double portion, I want a double portion, I want the Elijah mantle. We're talking about the spirit of Elijah here. And people saying, I got prayed for, and I got, I re and I was just before the Lord saying, Lord, just show me what does this all mean? And I had a vision in worship. I was at a prophetic conference, and I had a picture of this, this cloak coming over me, but it had soft feathers on the outside. It was long all the way to the ground, and it went right around me. The Bible talks about God's wraparound presence. And it had something that would come over the head as well. Ephesians 6 talks about put on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation. And on the inside, it was like if you take a bird's wing and you lift it up and there's those fine bones. That is what the inside of this was like, which was quite puzzling to me. It was firm and on the outside, it was so soft. And the Lord said to me, Shirley, sure, I am giving you my mantle. And in that, Father God, what you have placed on my life, there have been so many moments in my life where you have appeared and you have brought me into encounters with you. I just take that right now and I release that by faith to those who are watching. I just thank you for your anointing of grace, of power, of fire to come upon them. I thank you for a yearning to do what is right, to stand up for what is right. for a hunger and thirst for more of you, Jesus, for more of you, God. Let all the things around us hush. I must decrease and he must increase. Amen and amen. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Shirley. What a sound word for right now. I believe that we are in a time where the, there is a real battle for our spirit and our attention and our endurance. And I would like to have us pray into this for a few minutes. Raise your hands if you have something to pray into. But I know that this week was a week of recovery from being in Israel again and pondering what the Lord was speaking to us throughout the journeys there. And I found myself like coming up blank and it just was like dead space. And I just want you to know that <clears throat> this weekend, what I did was to get away with the Lord. And you know what I did? I pondered on his name and somehow that started to shove all the stuff that was swirling around me out of the way so that I could hear from him and, and get direction from him and will be 
benefiting from this, I hope, <laughs> in the not too distant future. But for those of you who have gotten weary, heavy laden, feels like the voice of the Lord is far away, one of those Elijah in the desert moments, Father, I just pray that you would break through the cloud of discouragement, of weariness, and breathe life into those dry bones. Breathe your nature, your word, who you are, to magnify yourself in their spirit, Father, and raise them up to give them strength ahead in Jesus' name. And surely that was just a great message that we all need to ponder for the times ahead because we are going to be challenged. If we're not directly challenged, we're going to be challenged in our endurance. <laughs> so let's pray into this. Hillary? Thank you for giving me language. I've been in this very, I would say, washing machine cycle. And the way it was manifesting for me is I just didn't know where to focus. There have been a number of invitations that have come. And there's been a good reason for each one. But I just said, Lord, I'm just, as you say, come aside, show me, please. And I went to church yesterday and I, I talked and surrendered these opportunities to my leadership team and Others that I know here from the Lord, and no one had a negative about any of them. So I was like, Lord, help me, please. And I felt like Elijah, nothing in the wind, nothing in the fire, nothing in the earthquake. And I said to the Lord, what would you like me to declare? And what you said, he said, declare, I am your Lord, and I am your shepherd. Amen. And I realized back of my mind... The reality was I couldn't believe how I could do the thing that I really felt God was calling me to because I didn't have the money. And he's calling me back to Jerusalem. And I just kept declaring the Lord, you are my shepherd and I will lack nothing. If you want me to go, if you want me to go through the valley of the shadow of death, which is what I really hear is our next probably assignment help me to come to that place where there's no fear and then I said is there anything practical he said I want you to give and he asked me to give extravagantly and something we have this Canberra decoration I think you came on it with us one time with Warwick when we were with you in Hen Hut and this dear brother was teaching and I'd said to the Lord would you give me an either very big go or a very big no and you know what this brother was teaching about the whole Hebrew word and concept behind to go, to come, to bring. And I got into a breakout room and I just burst into tears. I mentioned it to these people and they just all prayed for me, Hillary, you're going. And I just thought, thank you, Lord. And I haven't got a clue how, but it's just joy. Amen. And thank you, Shirley. Thank you, Sue. We need this encouragement to dare mm -hmm. to believe. And Why don't you pray it in? Why don't you pray it in? Okay. Lord, I just want to say thank you for getting me to this point. And I pray for all my beloved brothers and sisters, Lord, if we're many of us are in this valley of decision and trying to discern what is it is your focus for us. Just like Elijah, 
having to go back, retrace his steps, but he had to come into alignment with your next divine purpose. And I just pray for each one of us, we would be able to discern the door you're opening and be able to close all the other doors and be very intentional, endure what we have to do in the preparation and understand in what you're sending us to, there will be many trials. Amen. And thank you for the courage and the faith to believe for the finances needed for every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hillary. Deborah. Oh, here I am. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's just, thank you for that, Shirley. Thank you. Wow. That's just so rich. I'm just, what I was just sensing, I want to just release this as the Lord, as the spirit of Elijah is moving, as the Lord is releasing the spirit of Elijah in the earth. And we all see it manifesting in, in tiny ways and in huge ways. I was just hearing like there, that there is also grace being released to move in it, that there is grace. There is grace for provision. There is grace for endurance. There is grace to bring refreshing. So father, I thank you that, and grace is power. Grace isn't something passive. Grace is the power to accomplish that which the Lord is calling us to. So father, I just thank you. I thank you right now for the grace that you are releasing to accompany the spirit of Elijah, Father, and I thank you for just the deeper understanding of the cost and the character required, the calling, but I thank you, God, for the grace. I say, let grace abound more and more, especially to those on the call who really need a fresh impartation of grace this evening or this morning or whatever time it is where you are. I just release that over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Spoken, Deborah. Thank you. Oh, Margaret. I want to continue with what Deborah was saying. I just listened to, just before we came on this call, what Karen sent about grace. And she said, grace is sufficient, which means God is going to give us just enough. And I really needed to hear that because sometimes we think that we need more and more. But I believe and I really want to believe that with all of my heart that he's going to give us enough for that moment. It doesn't mean he's not going to give us for the next moment. It is going to be just enough for every moment that we're going to go through, whether it's going to be rest, whether it's going to be provision, whatever it's going to be. And I want, Father, I just want to thank you that your grace is sufficient for us, just enough for whatever we need to go through at that very moment. And we thank you, Lord, because you are enough for us. Amen. Oh, amen to that. Yes. We'll have one more, Amy, and then we'll close here tonight. Amy? In reference to what you're talking about, the provision of this, I just finished rereading Corrie Boom's book, The Hiding Place. And she had been talking with her father, concerned about what if we won't have our need here because they were going to be making a trip. And they were going to need to purchase a ticket. And he said, what you always have to remember is that at the time that you need the ticket, God will have the ticket for you. And that, Father, I just want to pray that you are teaching us more and more to rely on you, that you have the ticket, you have everything that we need, and that it will show up, that you're the provision, and that as we rest in that, 
that you always will have everything that we need for the moment when it comes, whether it's words, whether it's a financial provision, whether it's courage, whatever it is, Father. And I just want to give you praise and worship you. Thank you for this testimony. Thank you for just the sharing because we do. My husband and I have been praying about what is the direction you're heading us. So this really hits home. So I want to thank you, Father, for what you're doing. You're teaching us one to rest, but you're teaching us also to prepare for battle. And so we have to be hearing from you. So I just thank you and I praise you for that. Yes. Amen to that. And also there's a grace now because our wineskins are getting stretched. Amen. Perfect love casts out all fear. (laughs) And so if we love him through his name and understand the dimensions of his name, that your wineskin will get stretched. (laughs) Deborah, would you like to clue us into what's up for next week? you in i'm trying to get clued in too but i'm just kidding i we didn't plan really the sequence of even the topics and just honored to be asked to share tomorrow next week but i'm gonna go a little bit deeper into the watchman preparation that takes place in the wilderness and if you're we're just praying into feeling if you're dry you're discouraged you might be thinking oh great i really don't want to talk about the wilderness anymore but let me tell you (laughs) there is it there is amazing revelation. I want to just encourage you. I think you'll really be encouraged. I shared, if you were on the trip, the Israel trip, I shared a brief bit of it as a devotional one morning. And it just based on the feedback I got, it it seemed to really resonate with some folks. I've just been pondering that and expanding on that a little bit. So just want to encourage you to, to share, to join. Let me just tell you this. This is the little teaser right here. I'm just going to read from the notes that I had. So the Hebrew word for wilderness is midbar. And the root of the word midbar is the word davar. And davar is the word for the word. (laughs) So it's, in other words, the wilderness comes directly from the word. Being in the wilderness is akin to receiving the word of the Lord. And to be more precise, the wilderness is where God's word is tested in us. But it's such a place, and we think, oh, it's dry. It's God's nowhere near this. God is so near. God is so close. God has so much for you. And whether you're in a wilderness season now, you've been through one, I'm sure there will be more to come. And so I feel like it really flows and goes a little more in depth with the spirit of Elijah that we are pressing into this calling. So I want to just just share that and look forward to sharing with everybody. Oh, yes. And then the last piece, there is next week, actually, Sunday evening, is Rosh Kodesh, head of the month for the new month, Tammuz. And so I know, I think Lynette's on this call. I have listened to her teachings here and in Israel, and they're rich, and she's the expert. So I don't dare go into a lot, but I've I'm just wanting to share a connection that I'm seeing with the watchman preparation and the, and the head of the month. So that's just a little teaser. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> oh, I love it, Deborah. And Deborah is an amazing leader for the USA watch and an incredible teacher. So encourage you. you all to join us next week. Doris, are you there? Doris Volke, could you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So and I thank you so much to be here in 
Israel at Mount Carmel near close to where Elijah lives and works. And I thank you when I thought about Elijah, he was coming out of nothing. He has no name. He was not named before, but he has a secret life with you. And I thank you. You will choose much of Elijah's that have no name, that have no wealth probably, but you are, you see their hearts. And I thank you that you know us and that you will bring more Elijah's um, in into the land, into their purpose. I thank you, Father, you will do it. And it's, and we will have, we will ask for your fire and we will see your fire. We will see your fire falling on the spiritual fire falling and changing things. Thank you, Father. We need you and we thank you that you reveal to us more and more what it means to be and have this secret life with you so you can use us and you can send us thank you for this watch amen 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 god bless you all thank you again shirley for a wonderful teaching bless your wine skins as god expands them get ready for a new wine and that all comes with the rubbing and the setting aside and getting into the face of God. So God bless your week. Let's all unmute and say good night. Good night. Bless. Bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.